0: Hello and welcome to a Monday afternoon, well, early evening episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, So, you know, this show, uh, this week, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm I'm trying, I'm going to potentially try something new and, you know, go through some of the biggest uh, playoff series of like the past decade for the Penguins. And then um, after that, this week, we'll go into um, even further back. Um from that today we're gonna start with the infamous 2012 Penguins Flyers series. Um which I stumbled across I also stumbled across it on YouTube today as I was just watching a bunch of stuff to pass the time. You know, that's that's basically been like one of the only big things I've been doing lately, is just watching YouTube videos. Um and appeared on my timeline and I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this because I um I like pain. Uh, I like Watching that back? No, I'm just kidding. You know, it, It's not ever fun to watch that back. But just after watching it back, I'll play a couple of the clips probably for you guys on the podcast. Um, that team was just the most ultimate paper champion team I've ever seen just watching the first um, two of those games back. Um, I know I think someone else from Penguin's Twitter was also um, just watching it for uh, his own fun. I think he's actually one of my favorite follows um, from Penn's Twitter. Um, Pat, who does the uh, Dying Alive um, podcast with Jesse Marshall... And with uh, Mike Darnay, yeah, really good. If you guys want another Penguins podcast to listen to besides mine, I would very much recommend um, listening to that. If you don't already, the three of them do really, really, really good work. Um, Pat's ad is of course synonym, synonym for wet. So yeah, goes shout out to shout out to him. You know, he's just a really good follow for anything hockey related. And um, like I said, he does excellent work on that podcast. So I think beside you know besides that podcast, the Penultimate Podcast, those are my two. Um, just outstanding uh, other penguin on podcast to listen to. But yeah, first things first. You know, the NHL had um they had a big update today. Um, from you know, Chris Johnson tweeted this out. A bunch of other Elliot Freeman basically saying, you know, the NHL they're allowing the players to now return to their off-season homes, but self-quarantine until the end of the month. Um, I believe before it was they had to quarantine in their um, in-season homes with the NHL. Um, you know, just because it's such a fluid situation. You know, they're following basically I think what the NBA is doing. You know, the NBA I think they're allowing. Um, players to go back to their off-season homes. Um, Adrian uh, Wo- the Woge bomb, of course. You know he's basically the Bob McKenzie of hockey. You know he basically said the NBA owners and league executives are preparing for a potential hiatus of three months, all the way up until June. The NHL today. Um, you know I was reading the piece from Pierre LeBron on the Athletic and some other stuff. Like Chris Johnson said, you know they're preparing um, to not start up at least until mid-May. And you know that's probably putting it generous at this point. You know with how. Uh, much this virus, you know, it just keeps getting, you know, worse and worse by the day. You know, I've said it so many times, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And, um, you know, I've also, I, I sound like a broken record when I say this too, um, you know, it sucks that we don't have, you know, sports to distract us from this, but, you know, it's the perfectly right thing to do by canceling all these sports and just putting them off until the summer, you know, late summer. Hell, even until next season, because honestly, right now, I'm not even sure if the NBA or the NHL are going to resume the season. I think they may just go, um, they may just have to cancel the season and start back up um, in June. I mean, in June, you know, October, of course. I don't know why um, I messed that up. Um, I did read, though, somewhere, I think, um, on Twitter last night, the Atlanta Hawks owner was potentially putting up a proposal for the nba to start and that thanksgiving and then go all the way to august so um someone was basically saying you know this could be the uh, opportunity for the nba to test that out though i'm not sure what the olympics are scheduled at the end of this summer though honestly i'm not really sure if the olympics are going to take place right now um as this as the coronavirus just keeps getting worse and worse and you know you had the president come out and, and say today that it's probably going to be like this until at least July. So yeah, there's probably not going to be sports anytime soon. Still, it's the perfectly right decision. Um, There's no reason to do it. You know, there's a lot of social distancing going on right now. I think um, I saw earlier today, you know, there's the, the, um, the report that, you know, you don't want to be with, um, with, um, with more than 10 people. I keep uh, stuttering. uh, Of course, Um, there was something I saw earlier today. Um, It was, I think a reporter down in Florida, This (laughs) this was, <laughs> This is just hysterical. Um, Clearwater, Florida, you know, which is, um, of course, the west, the west side of Florida. Yeah, a little geography lesson, but whatever. Um, apparently, um, there's still spring break clouds uh, flocking to the beaches. Um, apparently, uh, in the tweet, um, they said that, you know, they haven't really decided they should add a curfew or closed beaches. Um uh, I still don't know why there's so many of these people on the beach together. And I tweeted that, you know, you basically just—I mean, can they just put a Jaws in the water so that this doesn't happen? Because you know, this almost just—it's it, basically like a Jaws movie, except right now, you know, there's no like actual like shark like thing in the water, and it's just the vi- its just the virus, of course. But you know, <laughs> it's almost at that point where it's like the it's like the mayor is like keeping the beaches open for no reason yet. They're like, they're asking people to be, they're asking people to get sick. And it's just, it does not make any sense. So, um, you know, Florida stays Florida because Florida is, um, you know, Florida is very weird. You know, I have no idea what the leaders uh, down in that area of Florida have been doing the last couple of weeks. Um, definitely not enough. Um, these people are very, very stupid. Um, those people honestly down in Clearwater, Florida just need, probably need to go home because you're literally, you're, you're uh, you're endangering the public by doing this and you could easily just get so many people sick by doing this so I really don't understand how I saw another tweet last night where people were down at Magic Kingdom down in Disney World where Dis- I think Disney World is closed now but I don't think it was closed um this weekend uh, down in Orlando um it was a picture of uh, from um WDW news today on Twitter you know basically it's just saying you know current crowd at Magic Kingdom for tonight's showing of happily ever after. Um, there, that looks to be, yeah, there's a lot of people there. Uh, it's probably in the thousands. Uh, like I said, you know, these people are a bunch of idiots. I don't know why they're doing this. Like I said, you are asking for people to get sick. You are asking for this to go on even longer than what the president said today with basically saying at least until July. Um, doing this kind of stuff endangers the public. So another tweet last night where basically, um, Actually, it was like down in New Orleans where some police uh, officers are riding in their um, their car, you know, basically telling people, you know, to move out of downtown New Orleans. Like you're endangering the public by being here in all these many groups. Um, I saw the thing in Pittsburgh this weekend with the Carson Street garbage Um, that was, that was stupid, you know? I mean, oh yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day, bro. Oh my God, he's he's used to drink. Drink at home. You know, I I know St. Patrick's Day is this week. I know there were celebrations this weekend. Some of them, most of them honestly got canceled. But still, you know what? Drink at home by yourself. You don't need to be passing the coronavirus on to, you know, all these people. You don't even need to be going out to bars and, you know, putting your hands everywhere and everything. I know you have hand sanitizer, but still, you know, that can only do so much with all this, you know, going around. Um, you know, yeah, just, you know, just keep staying at home, wash your hands, please all the time. You know, um, you know, I just, I thought it would be, you know, just interesting to bring up all these, um, these shenanigans that people are doing, you know, down in Florida and whatever, and all these other events, because, you know, just people are acting stupid and, you know, uh, it's <laughs> the people, I'm sure people are going to keep doing this, whether, um, even though these, uh, states and the governors of the states are just passing all these, um, orders, you know, saying not to be with, uh, with more than 50 people, maybe even more than 10 people, don't go out to eat, don't go out to drink. You know, a lot of restaurants are going to be closing. And, you know, and overall, though, I I am going to feel really, really bad for these people that work at restaurants and the bars because, you know, the the hours are being cut so hard, you know, they're not going to be getting paid. Um, You know, also, like I said, I feel really, really bad for the people in, in the media industry. And just honestly, in general, with everyone that's been affected by this, you know, teachers, you know, I have a really, really good friend who, um is a seventh grade English teacher and you know he's he's not gonna be in school into teaching I think for what the next couple weeks now at least. You know, at least down here from my county um for public schools, you know, the the schools are closed through the end of this week. I think it might be longer. So yeah, I mean I feel really, really bad for basically everyone involved. That's just not going to be, you know, working these next couple weeks and they just have to sit at home. You know, it's it, it absolutely sucks. You know, I also like I said I feel really, really bad. You know, for everyone involved, you know, that's gotten the virus, that's gotten sick, you know, especially with the news coming from Italy this weekend where their death toll just keeps rising and rising. Um, I just, my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone there. Um, And also, like, just like, every just around the world with, with this thing, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone around the world um, that's dealing with the crisis, um, with this virus. And, you know, like I said, with Italy, because uh, that was like, so seeing those numbers in the tweets and like what's been going on there, It's it's really, really sad. But yeah, everyone, we will get through this together. You know, just keep washing your hands, like I said, distancing yourself from people. You really don't need to go out that often. If you need to go to the grocery store, go ahead. You know, get some food, um, and whatnot. You know, you just you don't really need to go out to eat or anything, even though the restaurants are closing and everything. You know, a lot, so a lot of this stuff can wait. But like I said, my heart goes out to everyone that's, um, been affected by this, um, the virus and everything. And you know, just. Well, I know we're going to get through this. And I know it's going to get worse before it gets better, but we will get through this. And um, yeah, you know, those are just my overall thoughts on just basically the current situation. You know, with sprinkled in with some NHL stuff um, as well. Um, you know, but before we get into the uh, the Penguins, uh, more penguin stuff. You know, I will say, you know, at least today uh, with the NFL, you know, those who follow the NFL, we did get a little bit of a distraction. Um, from the current events and everything with the virus and everything, because um, you know, I don't know if you guys, uh, if some of those who don't know follow the NFL, um, but probably the best wide receiver in football was traded today for a bag of peanuts. It's basically the equivalent of the Taylor Hall for Adam Larson kind of deal, where you know, I mean, it was not, there were draft picks involved in this trade, but still, like, the the one for one player swap, um, uh, David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins, that basically is Taylor Hall for Adam Larson in a nutshell. Um, it was really really bad. Um, like I said, I'm glad Bill O'Brien can distract us from that. Um, and like I said, you know the people at Locked On Steelers do a really good job at breaking down the Steelers. I'm sure they're going to have an episode coming um, today if they haven't already. Uh, but more coming this week. So if you guys want to listen to that, go check them out. They do a really really good job uh, bringing you guys the latest New content. So um, I, I actually listen to that um, a few times a week. Uh, I know uh, Chris Chris Car. Uh, Yes, Christopher Carter, got to just keep stuttering, of uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. I know he hosts a Locked On uh, Seagulls podcast. He does an outstanding job with it. So, yes, please go check that out. But in any case, you know, back on to the Penguin stuff. So, Yeah, like I said, I stumbled, you know, across the Penguins-Flyers series in 2012. Like I said, we're going to be doing this series all week, you know, spending like a segment or two just focusing on um, the biggest uh, Penguin playoff series uh, from this uh, last decade. As a whole, I figured we would start off with this one. You know, I like pain. Uh, I like uh, being in pain after this series. I like to see just how much of a mess they were. I mean, you know, it took a couple years, but, you know, I finally got over it, you know, especially when the Penguins um, eventually beat the Flyers in six games. Um, just a couple of years back, you know that also helped a lot. But um, just watching that first game back, um, you know, get, getting those first few goals, and then you know, uh, this has to happen. Yep, the uh, infamous Danny Briere goal, which was uh, very, very offsides. Uh, you know, it's you know it's bad when uh, Pierre McGuire. Um even says it's off signs. And I don't think any of us can um, you know, stand Danny uh stand uh, Danny Breer. You know, we can't really stand Danny Breer, but none of us can really stand Pierre McGuire because he basically just blabbers about anything. But yeah, I, I just keep just watching that goal back each and every time. Um I get irrationally angry. Um, I'm sure all of you guys do. I truly don't know how an NHL ref in real time misses that call. Oh it just that it makes no sense. Uh, he was at least uh, more way more than a foot offsides. Uh, it's probably about five, 5 to 10 feet. Um you can literally just look at the the freeze the free shot and see just how offside he is. We're not talking about you know a millimeter here, a millimeter there, a centimeter there, you know whatever math you want to use. You know, he was very very offsides and you know that's like the only really point um, where where I meant, where I wish there was an offside rule at that point. You know, it's hard to believe that there was not an offside rule. I mean, an offside rule challenge um, at that point. Jesus, I'm just like all over the place today because you know I always am. But yeah, it's just it's really hard to believe that there was not like an offside rule challenge um, at that point, and you know you couldn't just uh, there couldn't wasn't a coach a challenge. Um, I wish it was because you know who knows what happens if that um, when that gets overturned if the Penguins potentially. Um, Win that game, and then of course you know just go in the, going into the third period, third period, you know, up three to one, and then uh, this actually decides to happen because another bad goal by marc Andre Fleury, who was giving up quite a bit of them um, as this series went on. a along by Briere shot, score. Uh, yeah, it might have been uh, deflected by City Crosby. Though I'm not really sure if it was, but still that's a really, really bad goal um, to give up. And then, of course, they scored the power play goal to tie it. And then in overtime, uh, that was just uh, – that was really, really bad too with the um, – you no, know, I think the Penguins had two players right there to basically try to get the puck out. It like, took a bad bounce. And then, you know, Stahl couldn't lift st- um, the stick qu- uh, quick enough. And then, of course, it's in the back of the net. Uh, yeah, just, you know, just watching this series back, it just, oh, it just, it kills me, man. You know, I actually totally forgot that Steve Sullivan was on the top line and at times with Sidney Crosby and uh, Chris Kunitz. I, I totally even, I, just, I totally forgot that he was a penguin at, at times, considering how young I was at the time. I think during that series, I was around 14 years old, I believe I was eight, this was what, eight? Eighth grade, going into ninth grade. Yeah, I think that was going into my freshman year of high school. Geez, I cannot believe um, it has really been that long. You know, we're gonna fast forward to uh, game two here, and you know, you know, th- this is where it, just, it really, really gets uh, just out of hand with the Penguins' uh, defensive zone um, miscues. You know, you guys thought the Islanders' one was bad, um, especially for me. You know, I thought the Islanders' one was bad from this past um, year, uh, last year with the uh, the sweep. Uh, the Penguins took it took it to a whole nother level. Um, with this one. one, here, as um, I'm not really sure what. The- ah, for them. So the coverage of that leads, uh, two Three one, and five. Uh, Ben Lovejoy um can't even make a simple cross ice pass, and then Sean Couturier basically puts it in the back of the net. You know, that's basically the stuff that I was talking about in this series. You know, the Penguins were just total paper champions. Um, that year and just the, the, the miscues were just all on and on and on. I I, I I don't think I've ever seen the Penguins give up that many shorthanded goals um, in all my life of being a Penguins fan. Um, that was honestly just a disgrace to watch. I mean, I think in that game alone, they probably had, I know they had at least two shorthanded goals. I believe it was three. Um, with how bad they were. Um the one I think that tied the game at 3 3. i mean, Evgeny Malkin would look like he was just lost. It was I think it was a three on three going the other way. Um wide open look for Claude Giroux in front of the net just beats Marc Andre Fleury. You know, that was honestly one of those goals where Marc Andre Fleury uh really couldn't do basically anything. You know, other things in that series, um of course, you know, we had James Neal being a bonehead basically. Um every time he stepped onto the ice, um he was just, you know, that was really I think what people started to take notice that James Neal was um, not just a bit of a dirty player, but a really, really dirty player, um, you know, just taking runs at Claude Giroux all the time, taking runs at Sean Couturier all the time, you know, you had Chris Letang trying to mock Max Talbot with the shush of the Philadelphia crowd after he fought Chemo Kimo teaming in. Um that game was just a total and utter disaster, I don't need to really play the clips, um, from the game 3 you know just to just to utter that point you know because i know you guys basically know everything that happened in that game you know it, it's hard to watch you know just to see how badly the penguins lost their way um especially you know Cindy Crosby you know he was playing good but like you know he just he lost his way a bunch that series. Evgeny Malkin was losing his way. You know, the whole team basically lost their way, you know. I, and honestly, at the time, you know, even though I was 14, I was pretty stunned that they didn't fire Dan Bosman after that series. I thought that was going to be it for him. Um, you know, I remember, and then, of course, they had the Boston League, and, you know, we'll get to that series um, this coming week as well when we uh, dissect um, another one of those just crazy, ridiculous, bad series where the Penguins just lost their way. But, yeah, this was just... This this had everything: the penalty minutes, the goal scoring, the fights, just the, the utter hatred, the hits, uh, the, you know, the, the fans. It, it it literally had everything. And you know, was it fun to watch? If you're a Penguin fan, you know, probably not. You know, obviously, like me, you want to forget that series. You know, you want to think that um, that that year did not exist for Penguins fans just because of what happened. But um, yeah, they were just they were just so paper champions. Uh, you know, I, I totally. I also somehow forgot that, you know, they had, you know, Joe Vitale still on that team and they had the corpse of Craig Adams. You know, who could forget the corpse um, of Craig freaking Adams? You know, for God's sakes, Aaron Asham was on the team. And, oh my God, Aaron Asham! remember that. Uh, I was watching the series back. The Game 3 hit. Um, I think it was after Braden Shen nailed, um, I'm trying to remember what, I think it was, yeah, Steve Sullivan, I think he nailed um, along the boards. And then Shen just basically, I mean, no, Shen, I mean, and then basically Asham just went over and hit him and basically sucker punched him down and he was down for a while. Then that basically led to a brawl. Uh, yeah. Aaron Ashton was something else during that year. Uh, of course you forget that he played, um, for the flyers as well uh, throughout his career. But yeah, he was, he was, he was definitely, he was definitely something else when he was, um, in the, in the penguin uniform. But yeah, that series, you know, like I said, it had everything and, you know, we're going to do more of these little deep dives into these series, you know, talk about them. But yeah, um, you know, good thing it was eight years ago, you know, good thing. Um, it's what's way all in the past because um I don't hopefully that something like that uh, never happens again uh, for the Penguins. So to kick off this uh, third segment, you know as I'm recording actually uh, the Penguins actually just released something on their Twitter, you know with Jake Ensel talking just about the coronavirus in general. Um, you know I, I'll I'll actually play that for you guys right now. Uh, let me just get this real quick. Here we go. Hey Penguins fans! I know there's a little downtime right now and um, it's no fun for any of us. So. Um, but one thing I've learned about the Penguins and the Penguins fans is that um, we are a resilient group and and we're going to get through this. So I think the biggest thing you can learn is um, just make sure you're washing your hands, staying inside, Um, make sure you're practicing social distancing. Um, If that's staying six six feet away from people uh, as much as possible, I think that's the best way to do it. And um, let's flatten this curve together. All right, so you know, there it is from Jake Ensel. You know, um, you know, Jake Ensel comeback season is in full effect. If the if the NHL decides to resume their season in mid May, June, you know, just whenever, um, you know, basically, um, they're allowed to do so. You know, you forget that it will basically be about four to five months, um, into Jake Ensel's recovery. Um, if or when they decide to potentially lift this hiatus. So, you know, always wise words from Jake Ensel. And with that, you know, we'll actually, we'll actually play a um, a playoff clip uh, from Jake Ensel here, you know, to honor um, those very, very wise words um, from one of the best uh, players in a Penguin uniform right now. Let's just go ahead and play this clip from a very, very, very uh, big Jake Gensel goal during the 2017 Cup run. No, it is not the game uh, against Nashville where he horse had the game winner. It is uh, this one against the uh, Blue Jackets in Game 3. Causing some problems here. Scores. Gensel goal number three is the game winner in game three. Yep, just absolutely beautiful. You know, Sidney Crosby of course worked his magic behind the net, uh, doing his normal thing because uh, Sidney Crosby behind the net, no one could basically stop him. And then of course, you know, Jake Gensel does the rest. You know, that was basically when the legend of Jake Gensel started. It is going to continue. Uh, Like I said, if we potentially get, uh, if the Penguins potentially get him back. Uh, for the playoffs if they happen then of course um next season he will definitely be back um after um his uh shoulder surgery which happened you know right before uh the new year you know we wish him um a speedy recovery still you know he's still in the recovery process but yeah like i said you know wish him a still speedy recovery wise words from Jake Ansel and um that might do it for this uh today's episode of locked on penguins um yeah, I mean, I'm going to have more of this uh, coming, you know, this coming week. You know, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to get deep dive more into these uh, kind of playoff series um, like I did today with the Penguins and the Flyers. You know, I think tomorrow maybe we'll do the Penguins and the Bruins one in 2013. I know that's going to be a lot of pain for some people, especially with, how, like I said, with how the Penguins lost their way. Uh, Tuka Rask being Tuka Rask and allowing only two goals um, in four games. Uh, of course, only one of them coming to and Sutter, the other one coming. Uh, to Chris Kunitz-Sutter was, what, Game 2, 3-0, uh, 3-1, three, three three and then Chris Kunitz was able to tie the game, I think, in um, Game 3, which, is, of course, you know, they eventually uh, lost that game, and um, I believe it was double overtime. Um, and that was, I think, the game where Yarmir Auger should have been called for a penalty against Evgeny Malkin, and I think they went down um, and scored right after that. So, yeah, that's going to be a lot of pain to watch that back. Um, we'll probably have that here. I'm going to have some more interesting stuff, I think, coming this week, too. You know, I might do a potential... A little March Madness, Penguin Bracket, you know, I haven't um, fully um, had the biggest time to think about it, but I think I'm going to do that in some capacity, you know. Um think that would be cool, you know, maybe uh, one episode, you know, a couple episodes we'll do, like, you know, some of the best uh, teams in franchise history. Um, I think that would be really, really cool as well, you know, just to talk about those teams, you know, we could spend an episode talking about the 2009 team. Um, just telling you know i was actually watching the um the, the documentary the other day and man that team was just that team was so special so yeah you know I've that stuff coming you know plenty more um really really cool stuff coming um from the podcast um in the future you know like i said it's going to suck to not have hockey for the next couple of months you know like i said it is the right decision but you know we're going to get through this together you know we're going to have bring some really really good time, content for you guys in the meantime with this hiatus for ho- however long it is just keep it right here Unlocked Locked on Penguins, and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode.